This video is sponsored by Squarespace. It's a brand new year full of hope and promise and rejuvenation. Until, you know, that is, you get to the incredible travesty of a movie release schedule that we have to start off 2024. To be fair, we've got a couple that I think will be good, and we're going to be taking a look at those today and ones maybe you should avoid. What movies should you go see in theaters, and which one should you just say comfortably at home in your couch and uh, skip the gym and your New Year's resolution? Joining me is co-host Tim LaPointe. Tim, Christmas is finally over. Mariah Carey has mercifully gone back into hibernation, and we can now all go back to our normal lives mm. but with this new year what do you think the movie industry at large should be putting in their new year's resolution list for 2024 you know i think we're gonna dig into some of that today with some of the films that are coming out but my biggest thing that i would put on that list is to keep supporting new and original ideas uh keep supporting Amen. young filmmakers who have unique visions um, let's get some more, you know, I think 2023 was a year where we started getting some, uh, unique ideas out. Now, granted it was really biopic heavy. Um, but yeah, just keep supporting new ideas, young ideas. Um, and, uh, give, give a voice to the artists who want to bring fresh perspective to the table. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, I don't know how many fresh perspectives are coming out given the recent news, that Warner Brothers and Paramount are looking to merge. What? Yes. David Zaslav, our favorite CEO, uh, met today to discuss to discuss it. No way. So I think they ran out of things to sell off at Warner Brothers, and now they got to go like merge with another company. So they have more things to sell off. That you know. terrifies me. <laughs> so Too I'm a little power. scared. I don't want them to kill my Star Trek series that the paramount plus has been mm. putting on but yeah fascinating news it's it's gonna be interesting going to 2024 uh i feel like the streaming wars have kind of commenced into this thing where everything's swallowing each other up because there's too many streamers now and people are only going for specific ones before we get into our analysis of january's movies let's do a quick rundown of the films we are discussing we've got night swim mean girls the musical which don't let Hollywood fool you on that one. It is a musical. Household yeah. Saints, The Beekeeper, The Book of Clarence, ISS, which brings me to you, Distant and Miller's Girl. This is probably the smallest, I would say, selection that we've had since we've started doing this. Um, and, mm -hmm. and honestly, I would say January is usually the month films go to die. Because uh, yeah. in general, you're getting a lot of carryover from um, December with the big movies being released in um Christmas, obviously. So you got like the yeah. color purple. You got Ferrari. Um, you've got Godzilla minus one that has been sticking around theaters. Went and saw that the other day. Excellent film. December is really when you kind of get that final Oscars push, which I think is why January, there's not really a whole lot of content coming out, a lot of yeah. films coming out because anything that wants to get a lot of buzz around the award season, January is too late to be doing that. Um, and it's, you know, you can't have good movies every year. So they're, if they're not contending for Oscars, they're probably pushing for later on in the year anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of that weird lull that you hit like that January. And then really kind of until you get into summer, you're going to get some stuff in the spring. Um, but unfortunately we've kind of hit that, the dead zone. 
Yeah, and that's that's what a lot of people would say, especially about last year's um, um, Oscar pick for everything ever everything everywhere all at once that won a lot of the like most of the awards. Is some people were actually surprised how much staying power it had because it was released, I believe, pretty early in the year in 2022, yeah. um, and a lot of them try to push it towards the end, like you're saying, like towards the back half of the year, just for recency bias. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that momentum, you get that same thing with sports. You know, you have a big yeah. game that you won before. But it seems like people care more about what's happening in the present. Yeah. So makes sense. But we've we've got a first. Honestly, honestly, January fifth is the 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 week we're going to be starting off with the release date. We only got one movie, which is Night Swim. When we were fixing up the pool, Stop. they said it hadn't been used in fifteen years. This is not for the kids. Used to be scared of pools. Cider, come on, cider. Ronan, Marco, why aren't you saying anything? I'm kind of interested in this movie. Yeah. This one seems like a pretty good one to start off with, and uh, it's it's my favorite kind of genre, horror. The film stars Wyatt Russell, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, as Ray Waller, a former Major League Baseball player forced into early retirement by a degenerative illness, who moves into a new home with his concerned wife, Eve. Um, teenage daughter, Izzy, and young son, Elliot, secretly hoping against the odds to return to pro ball Ray persuades Eve that the new home's shimmering backyard swimming pool will be fun for the kids and provide physical therapy for him. But a dark secret in the home's past will unleash a malevolent force that will drag the family under into the depths of unscapable terror. But one thing is far scarier than any movie could be the YouTube troll. The YouTube troll can take many forms. A no photo troll. A troll who must have watched a different video because the comment makes no sense troll. The scariest troll of them all is the chief troll. The chief troll organizes the other troll for attack, sometimes even trolling the trolls. But the chief troll needs to organize and present his business professionally, just like anyone else. And that's where today's sponsor, Squarespace, steps in to help. With their new Fluid Engine, a troll can quickly set up a website without all of that hassle of trying to type out all that complicated coding. They can click it, drag it, and snap it into place with ease. Set up a member's access page for his troll clients. And set up a gallery of his best trolls yet all on a stylish and modern website with tons of templates to choose from. And even though he's currently trolling Frame Voyager, he really thinks you should head on over to squarespace.com slash Voyager to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain using the code FRAMEVOYAGER. So maybe you all control Frame Voyager together. We welcome engagement. This one, I'm a, I look, I am not a horror film. Uh, that's pretty well known. Or the horror film fan, I should say. That's pretty well known. However, I am in favor of young upcoming directors who are uh, trying new things and who seem to be doing that really well. So fun fact, I live in Tampa and uh, Bryce McGuire, the director of this film, uh, apparently is from Tampa. And the Tampa mm. film community is uh, having their first public meetup uh, to go watch this film in Tampa, which I'm quite excited for, uh, even though, again, not a horror fan. But um, it just seems like Bryce has got some really some really fun ideas. He had a feature film that I believe kind of came out in COVID, but never really saw the light of day, which I assume was because of COVID. So this is like really his first time to shine. This is also being put out by Blumhouse Productions. And produced by Um, James Wan, who mm -hmm. knows his way around some uh, some horror franchises like Insidious, 
Saw, and the Conjuring series, which he basically created. I'm like, yeah. saying, I don't think anyone's done better ones than he has from that. Um, well, and you've also got Carrie Condon in this, who um, was incredible in the Banshees of Inisherin, uh was the last thing I saw her in. Um, so there's some, you know, there's some really interesting elements adding up in this film um, that no matter whether you're a horror fan or not, I think make this one really intriguing. And that, I think for Bryce, it's I think it's kind of a win for him that this is coming out in January because mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of competing with him no. uh, this could be a sneaky really big hit um, that could last in a lot of people's minds for a while horror films tend to it's it's interesting i feel like people are always like why are there so many horror films that are coming out horror films actually like do really well at the box office because a they're generally pretty low budget and they tend to like make back most of their budget when they get releases like this especially when they're mm-hmm. like a blumhouse release um I got to say, this definitely brings up some nightmares that I don't know. Like, were you kidding the swimming pool sometimes? And just because you couldn't see down to the bottom and the deep end of the swimming pool, you just had that um, that unnatural fear. You knew nothing was down there, but it still freaked you out just a little bit, especially in the yeah. dark. Um, and, you know, you just think maybe there is something that got in the pool or whatever. So that, I think that plays into that instinctual yeah. fear. Maybe that what many of us had in the childhood. And I mean, I gotta say they did make that swimming pool pretty creepy. Maybe, maybe lady in the water, but even that wasn't like super horror filmish though, right? That was kind of, that was kind of weird film. Yeah. Well, that's kind of it for that one. Very interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see kind of the, that uh, like, that is one I do have marked on my calendar to go watch, but that's it for that week. Moving into January 12th, the second week, um, we first got up mean girls. Oh, hell no! Move. Hey, PG-13, please. It could be really hot if they change, like, everything. Um, You're learning things now that I don't know how to teach. Women have to be able to support each other. Do you like gum? Sure. Oh, no, I don't have any. Katie Heron moves to a suburban Illinois after being homeschooled in Africa and wants to be popular. She takes on the plastics and becomes frenemies with Regina George. But soon she learns the hard way that you just shouldn't mess with the queen bee. Queen. Hmm. So she shouldn't mess with Beyonce. I, I don't think that's quite what they're going for. <laughs> well, okay. So this one, I mean, it's, it's essentially my wife was trying to explain it to me. It's a movie about the musical about a movie. So it's like a. So is it actually a musical? This is yes. where I'm confused. Yes, it's a musical. The trip. Don't let don't don't Tim. Don't let the trailers fool you. This is one thousand percent a musical, and I, I, this is something that I've noticed, and other people have noticed that Hollywood has been doing a lot recently with musicals. Um, Wonka, last 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 mm-hmm. month. Did you know it was a musical? That one I did know, but not because Pro- of the trailer or anything. Yeah, the only reason I found out Wonka was a musical was because I looked like I listened to it on Spotify and I was like, oh, Timothy Chalamet is actually singing a lot of the parts for this thing, Um, which I did see a fascinating article about, like, why is Hollywood tricking the audiences into going into seeing musicals and not really showing them? Yeah, these movies are musicals. Do audiences hate musicals now? And the only thing I could think of 
of why that might be the fact is if you kind of think about the last couple of well-known musicals that have been redone mm-hmm. in the West Side Story yep. and um, in the Heights. Yeah. And while both, I think, like won some awards or got nominations, they did not perform well at the box office. Which do you see? Do you see that as surprising considering how well, um, like not too long. I mean, it might be actually this while. It's been a while since that one came out. The Greatest Showman had great success with that film. Uh, Greatest Showman is for a different audience, though. And that's so, what I thought, too. Like, Greatest Showman is not, you know, don't get me started on Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman <laughs> is a kid's movie. So mm. West Side Story is not. Uh, mean Girls, I would not think would be towards a kid's audience. So, it, but see, you've got great success with with movies like La La Land not that long ago that are musicals done well. Yeah, uh, for an adult audience. So I don't just. If, Why are they hiding my, it? My point is, if you want to make it a musical, you have to think it's going to be financially successful. Yeah. In order to make it. So if that's the case, then don't shy away from it. But if you're shying away from it, that tells me that you don't necessarily believe in it. Yeah, that's so, kind of that's kind of what my thought was as well. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, look, there, there's some things that they're doing that I like. Like, I like that Tina Fey is coming back. I like that mm-hmm. Tim Meadows is coming back. John Hamm. Um, I wish, I wish, I wish that, uh, and apparently Amanda Seyfried had recommended this, which I like the idea, that they brought the original Mean Girls back as their moms. So, like, mm. bringing back, um, you know, like, Lindsay Lohan as Katie's mom. Mm-hmm. Or bringing back Rachel McAdams as Regina George's mom. Uh, like, that I would have been, been down with. Um, but outside of that, I'm like... You I don't know, really understand why they're making this. Like <laughs> people right? are going to go see it, sure. I'm not saying I'm a fan of Mean Girls. I'm not saying I'm a fan of Mean Girls. But for those who like Mean Girls, it's perfect just the way it is. I was really confused because I thought it was like a, a sequel maybe to Mean Girls or something. Yeah. When I first heard it. But yeah, no. Yeah. Weird, weird. I'm going to have to go watch it because reasons. But yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and move into our next one. Household Saints. And it happened, by the grace of God, that Joseph Santangelo won his wife in a pinocchio game. Joseph Santangelo. Santangelo. There you go. Is a butcher with a wicked sense of humor who wins, with quotation mark, his wife Catherine in a pinocchio. Pinocchio game. Thank you, Tim. Over Over the protests of his mother, Judith Molina who talks to ghosts and makes deal with saints. Joseph marries Catherine. When the old lady dies, her spirit is channeled into her granddaughter, Teresa, who overtakes the film with her yearning to serve God, perfectly embodying a modern-day Bernadette. Lily Taylor imbues Teresa with a mix of dedicated innocence, naivete. Oh my gosh, I can't say that word tonight. This is uh, not a new film. This is a 4K restoration of the 1990 indie film that actually, I I have to admit, this feels right at home in today's indie films. I did. It took me a second to realize that this wasn't a uh, a twenty four film because there's been a lot of films lately that kind of have this older feeling, like they're trying mm-hmm. to go for that old aesthetic. Even like some of the, the the shot choices and stuff. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I kind of I kind of like this. Feels like kind of like retro with how they're filming it. And then it kept going on, and I was then after watching probably about like uh, halfway through this trailer, I started thinking. 
hmm, is, is this actually modern or is it not? Yeah. That's why I had to go check it out. Um, I'm very confused about why this is coming back. So, you know, there's there's old movies that come back in the theaters all the time. And I get especially now where theaters are struggling. They're trying to bring people back. You know, I was looking at um, Blazing Saddles. I think the 75th anniversary is in 2024. So that's going to be coming out next year. Mm -hmm. um, there's all this kind of stuff. But this isn't I don't think this is an anniversary year for the film. And no. it's not a wildly well-received film either like i think it's got a 54 percent on rotten tomatoes but with only but, 13 reviews yeah but but i mean maybe this is why roger ebert gave the film four out of five stars and called it a warm-hearted jewel of a movie with many scenes that rang true to his catholic upbringing so maybe it's a Maybe it's like one of those specific movies. Um, and I mean, the film did make uh, New York Times best films of 1993 list. And I don't know. So um, they missed the anniversary. Yeah, because it would have been two, 2023, which I guess it announced um, and announced it was Milestone Films had acquired the distribution rights to the film and uh, it would work on a restoration that would world premiere at that, new, that year's New York Film Festival. So yeah. So it must be, I think it's gotten a limited release or it's in this year. So technically it has, but I think this is just the full theatrical release that's happening mm. in January. It's a weird one to get released. I, I, and I think maybe that intrigues me more that it's just kind of like a, a random film from the nineties that someone just decided, yeah, let's, let's buy the rights for it and turn it and, uh, and convert it to 4k. It's not necessarily like, it doesn't feel like it's a cult classic from what I can tell. No. It doesn't feel like it's a, it's a renowned film. The only like no. really thing that is given is like a Roger Ebert giving it four out of five films. And that kind of intrigues me a little bit. I'm like, Hmm, I want to go to see this random film from the nineties that probably yeah. no one saw. <laughs> um, at the box office, it only did $712,000. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I will say it might end up being a better watch in theaters than the next film. The beekeeper. Everyone, need your attention, please. I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. This is private property. Do you know what they do here? Scamming the weakest in our society? Buddy, I'm counting to three. One, two, three. This is a beekeeper. I protect the hive. This 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 follows a man's campaign for vengeance as he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as the Beekeepers. And supposedly he is a bee. He's the keeper of the bees and the bees are the other people that he has to go kill or something. I don't really get this film. I it's almost like a opposite of uh, like Jason Bourne kind of film. I, I just. Yeah. I saw that I, I literally saw this in the um I did get a preview for this the other day when I went to the theater, so I was familiar with it. Yeah. I I'm not interested. There's some interesting casting choices in this. See, so, yeah, I mean, you got Jason Statham, you know, that's whatever. But at the beginning of the trailer, my heart jumped a little bit because Felicia Rashad is in this movie. And I love Felicia Rashad, uh, probably most famously known for The Cosby Show, um, Claire Huxtable in The Cosby Show. Mm. Uh, but she's been in stuff since. I mean, she was in the she's in Creed uh, as Creed's mom. You got Jeremy Irons, classic actor, which for us 90s kids, we know from The Voice of Scar and Lion mm. King. Um, Josh Hutcherson, I guess, is making a little bit of a yeah, comeback Josh now. Josh Hutcherson is a... Uh, 
No, I wouldn't call this movie a comeback for him. <laughs> well, he's got a couple now, though. Yeah, he does, but I would not. I I feel like this one. Um, I really feel yeah. like they put this one in January to die specifically. <laughs> I just don't think this is a good a good film. You got David Iyer, the director, who has a I would say a uh, controversial uh, recent kind of film, Suicide Squad. And he, he kind of has a little bit of a beef with DC and uh, supposedly there's a lot of studio interference with Suicide Squad hmm. to the point that they're going to maybe give him a director's cut. James Gunn wow. has, has promised him a director's cut, but there there's some weird blood with him on on some stuff. And uh, but this 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 movie falls kind of in line with his typical films. You got, you know, back in 2000, he was a writer for U571, which was that submarine movie. Writer for Fast and Furious, SWAT, director for um, Street Kings, uh, Sabotage, Fury, Bright, Mm -hmm. uh, Tax Collector. This just all kind of falls within that, like, that Hitman kind of film thing that he does. There's a reason why they put this in January. And as I put into the notes, um, left out in the cold of January to die where bees don't survive anyways. So I don't. It's true. I don't. There's nothing for him to keep because the bees are already dead. (laughs) All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to perhaps one of the most confounding and surprising films for this month. The Book of Clarence. I'm Clarence. Where I'm from, you fight to survive. What are we doing here? Jesus lives there. To be like that in 10 years. I want to be like that now. I can just replicate what he does. Imagine the money people will give us. Inspired by classic Hollywood epics set in biblical times, the Book of Clarence tells the tale of who else but Clarence, a down-on-his-luck denizen of Jerusalem, embarking on a misguided attempt to capitalize on the rise of celebrity and influence of the Messiah for his own personal gain, a journey that leads him on an exploration of the idea of faith into a highly unexpected path of his own. Interesting film. Basically, uh, the, the the Messiah they're talking about, of course, is, is Jesus. So he sees what Jesus is doing and uh, decides like, well, I could do that too. <laughs> and then gets a bunch of money and stuff from that. And from the trailer, I guess he gets arrested and they try to get him to like turn in Jesus or something. It's huh. highly confusing what this this film is supposed to be. <laughs> But it does have a, a fairly high rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, if you care about that, they'll always take it with a grain of salt. But it's like it's like a, around like the 93% critic score right now, um, which is kind of surprising. I'm actually quite excited for this one. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, so, the, again, a lot of it comes down to cast for me. Uh, but the director here, I mean, he also directed The Harder They Fall, which I've been wanting to watch for a while. I haven't seen yet. But good things about that. He's a big it's, it's interesting because he seems like a very multifaceted uh, kind of artist where he mm-hmm. does both music and films. And interestingly enough, um, did some of the, uh, the scoring or maybe all the scoring for The Great Gatsby. I wonder if some of that is his connection with Jay-Z. So he's done some work with Jay-Z mm-hmm. before, and Jay-Z is also, I think, a producer on this. Interesting. Um, but you got David 
Oye Lowo, if I'm saying that right, uh, who was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma back in 2014. You've got um, Tiana Taylor, who was in a interesting film this past year, 1001. She was the lead in that. She did a really good job of that. Apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch is a small role in this. Yeah, I saw that. James McAvoy looks phenomenal in this. Yep. Um, Alfre Woodard, who I'm a big fan of, she's in this, but also... Uh, leading in this is Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, big fan of his work so far. Um, and, uh, you know, you could just tell me that he was in it and I'd already be down for it. Because he was in Selma too, right? So Selma and uh, Knives Out, I believe. Yeah, so Knives Out, Uncut Gems. Um, again, oh, he, he, he also was in The Heart uh, of Their Fall, the one I've been wanting to watch. Was he at Haunted Mansion? He was in Haunted Mansion too. He was the lead for Haunted Mansion. Okay, cool. Yeah, like Lakeith, Lakeith's legit. Yeah, I mean, could this could this film potentially be this generation's? Don't shoot me for saying it, Ben Hur, in the sense that it's a it's an epic of sorts in a biblical context with a fictional story. Not to say that it's going to reach like that. We're going to talk about a hundred years from now. I'm not I'm not putting it up there, but. Um, I don't know. It's uh, we don't we don't get a whole lot of films like that nowadays. It seems like potentially. I don't know if it's gonna be that epic, but I, I'm. It's definitely one that'll be uh, one that I will definitely check out. Um, but one that I that hits a little too close to home, and one that I don't know what it is with movies lately. Like as they always say, art imitates things that are happening around us in in our culture. Um, which I am referencing, of course, the trailer that came out this past week or in the past couple of weeks about uh, the the Civil War, A24, it's an mm. Alex Garland film. Gosh, that that I'm very excited to watch that, but at the same time, I <laughs> feel for my sanity. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the movie will be slightly scary. Um, but in the similar line, you have I um, coming in January 19th for our first uh, release of January 19th. ISS, or, you know, International Space Station, for those of you who don't know the vernacular. We have seen pictures, but this is... We don't talk politics. Here we are. One. Hey, guys. Wait a minute, what the what? hell is going on down there? Oh, whoa. We gotta get up now, guys. And we were told to take the ISS by any means necessary. Tensions flare in the near future aboard the International Space Station as a worldwide conflict breaks out on Earth. Reeling from this, the astronauts receive orders from the ground. Take control of the station by any means necessary. Of course, you have both uh, the Americans and the Russians on one side, which are mostly who makes up the, you know, the, the contingent of those on the International Space Station. Yeah. What do you Man. think? I'm a little excited because it is interesting to think about like, yeah, like what would you do? You're an astronaut just sitting up there in space looking down and all of a sudden you see a nuclear war break out on the planet below and like oh so what stinks is i want to be really excited for this film because yeah. i love space movies i love just the epic scale of this kind of stuff i love watching action sequences and how gravity affects all of that and i can't get past the fact that this feels like an impossible concept that would literally never happen ever from a scientific perspective. You mean from the sense that the 
it literally defies the purpose of the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. The International Space Station is a unification and harmony of all these nations. And I get that maybe that's kind of the point of the plot. It's like, oh, well, what if what the exact thing was supposed to be is the exact opposite of what yeah, it was? Yeah, scientists finally turned against each other if their countries went to war with each other. But what I'm concerned about for the performance of this film is that quite literally everybody who commented on the trailer is of the same mindset. It's like, man, I want to love this thing, but this just feels like it's a slap in the face to astronauts and everything that they stand for. So, you know what I mean? Like that, it, it, I feel like most of the space movies that we watch and love, especially mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, now that we're past Apollo 13 and all that stuff. But when you talk about movies that you and I love, like Sunshine, oh. it's not necessarily a NASA-based team or a U.S. Mm-hmm. government. Like, you're not talking about real organizations that exist in real people that we know the code of ethics and the morals that they should have. So I feel like where this movie might struggle is that you are talking about an organization that does hold a set of standards and code of ethics Mm -hmm. that you're telling everybody just, yeah, suspend that disbelief and just imagine that they would just follow their government's orders. Even though as somebody pointed out in the comments, like what are they going to be court martialed if they don't obey yeah. Like, are the government's just going to send people up to the International Space Station to take them back? Like, that's not going to happen. Unless, the only thing I could think of, maybe there's a plot point in this that does something that, like, can turn the tide of the war that maybe is happening up there. Like, oh, maybe. maybe they, I don't know. Because, or it also plays, it's like a, 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 this has been described as like a pressure cooker kind of story. So, like, maybe you do start off, you know, like, oh, man, are we, like, why would we ever do that? You know, whatever. But then you kind of get your clicks. You speak different languages. Mm-hmm. Say you're sitting there and like a, you know, someone like a speaking Russian and you have no idea what they're saying. How quickly can tensions flare up in an impossible situation where you're looking down below and everything you know and love is being blown up. And yeah. like there's that tension where, you know, you've been given orders, but you also know they've been given orders. So how well do you know each other? How well can you trust each other? And how much do you know what someone is willing to do in a very stressful situation? Now, astronauts are trained for this kind of thing. But at the same time, you just never know until you put yourself in that situation what people are capable of and what could potentially happen. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating to see kind of how they they pull this one off and what it's going to be like. But that's all leads to, which brings me to you. When I first saw you, I thought that we should have sex. <laughs> yeah? Good place. Yeah, you're in a beach club coat closet. <laughs> you think that we, we could just talk for a minute? I've had too many girlfriends over the past couple of years. I can't figure it out. Yeah, we've all been there. But two romantic burnouts, Jane and Will, are immediately drawn to each other at a mutual friend's wedding. A, after a disastrous hookup in the coat room. The two spend the next 24 hours together trading candid confessions of messy histories and heartbreak on the off chance that this fling might be the real thing. What do you think, Tim? Do you think that this this fling might be the real thing? I don't know, but I know this movie sure ain't the real thing. <laughs> I, I have to mention that this one, definitely my, my wife got on me for, for us not mentioning that um, last month's rom-com uh, in December. Anyone uh, but you. Anyone but you. Definitely came from book talk. You know, like the book club, like the, yeah. they had the fun books. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of follows along that similar <laughs> kind of line. 
This is another, I mean, basically, if you want to know my opinion on this, go watch mm-hmm. what I said about anyone but you. <laughs> you know, there's there's not, not saying it's a bad movie. I think this one has personally. a better premise than anyone but you. Really? Well, I mean, it's like it's like 24 hours. They spend 24 hours together. Um, but why do you... Here's here's my question. Why do you spend that much time in a new relationship talking about all your crap? Being spontaneous, Tim. Like that... that I don't know if I support that idea. idea. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you should keep secrets in, secrets in a relationship. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But um, it seems like very quickly when you have zero understanding of somebody and all you hear is their candid confessions, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, that you start to form some ideas without the full context of who the person is, which then obviously I would expect would lead to the same trouble that the trailer seems to tell us that this leads to. But see, that's, so, where, the, that's where the magic of book talk happens, because in a lot of the books, there's a bunch of things that if they happened in real life would look really stupid. Um, or sound yeah. stupid, which they several people have done that where they um, like some um, um, wives will get their husbands to read out like some of the the stuff in the book and try to act out <laughs> some of the things that they say, like you know, things like, oh, he growled or um, he had his eyes darkened or things like that. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it's better left in uh, the book and that because in reality, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's why it's it's supposed to be unrealistic, Tim. It's supposed to take us away okay. from our our um, poor, um, sad lives and go to something that's uh, pure fantasy. Well, except that this movie sounds like it's filled with characters who lead poor, sad lives. So yeah, but they take that sad part of their lives Tim and that heartbreak and they turn it into something magical that they connect with someone in 24 hours I don't know which brings me to you I'm assuming I'm assuming all of the baggage all of the messy histories and heartbreak brings them to this person you know I I watched a movie recently with my wife and uh, charming movie charming movie loved it and uh, I looked at her and I said you know I wish they made me cry (laughs) <laughs> I wish they I wish they ripped my heart out. And that's what we need nowadays. I, I changed my my New Year's resolution for films. Like mess me up. Mm-hmm. That's what I want Hollywood to do more. Just yeah. mess me up. Don't be don't be scared. Don't feel like you gotta put a bow on everything. Mess me up. And that's fair. Uh, which brings I, me to you. Doesn't, doesn't mess you up. Do that. No? Doesn't mess you up. I, no. I, I appreciate a good film that, that messes you up. I uh I, I I'm big on that as well. So yeah. All right, we're moving out of January 9th into the last release window for January, January 26th. And we've got one film, Miller's Girl, which I made that. So that cute. Sound, I made that sound way too cute for you what this sound film like is. and me. <laughs> I know. You're going to cry at the end of this. Good but girl, not because. <laughs> I'm assuming that you got one of these before. I read the whole list. Don't you get scared walking through those woods? I'm the scariest thing in there. Are you offering me special treatment, Mr. Miller? Well, uh... You are the adult. Show some responsibility. You are my student, and I'm your teacher. That's all. (laughs) A talented young writer, Jenna Ortega, embarks on a creative odyssey when her teacher, Martin Freeman, assigns a project that entangles them both in an increasingly complex web. As lines blur and their lives intertwine... Professor and protege must confront their darkest selves while straining to preserve their individual sense of purpose and the things they hold most dear. 
I don't know if the synopsis kind of gives us the the full tale of this. It is creepy. It is unsettling yeah. in the trailer. Um, yeah. As Jenna Ortega seems to do pretty well at this point um, mm-hmm. with her roles. Um, Martin Freeman seems pretty good in this. This is a fascinating back. And it's been a while. Well, it's been he, a long while. He's been in some of the Marvel shows, so that's probably why. Yeah, eh, you haven't really seen him in a lot of like movies and stuff. Martin Freeman is worthy of leading more films, and I feel like he kind of got typecast with Bilbo, mm-hmm. and uh, those films were not all that well received, and maybe that hurt a good bit. Um, yeah, but I also feel like I also feel like I've heard that he's kind of an like an asshole to work with on set. No, <laughs> like, no that's too bad. He's um, really good at his job. So, am I the only one that feels that the accents in this trailer are not good? Like, I so, I guess this is based in like Tennessee or something, some southern place, and it feels like Martin Freeman and Jenna Ortega are kind of trying to sort of maybe sound like they're from Tennessee, mm-hmm. but it's not really working out for them. Hmm. I'll throw back a list of the trailer, but I didn't catch that. But it could be. It could be. Um, this seems, uh, I don't know. I don't want to think about this. I kind of want to go see it. But you said you saw a um, a little warning on this, yeah, right? So this, this film conceptually is intriguing to me. Although what concerns me a little bit is I'm, I'm not exactly sure what lines we're expecting to cross here. Um, in the story, I can guess. But the trailer obviously doesn't really give that away. I mean, good for the trailer for not giving it away. But then at the end of the trailer, what was interesting to me is that Lionsgate added a note at the end of the trailer saying something along the lines of um, this film has some content which may be questionable or something like that. Um, If you have any questions or need more resources, go to this link. So I went to this link. It was like lionsgate.com slash movies slash Miller's dash girl. Um, and there were a bunch of resources for domestic violence and sexual assault, uh, like people who need help in those areas. Um, so I'm not, ex- it's just a little interesting to me that you and- would make a film with a topic that could potentially be that controversial, but I'm not necessarily sure where they're standing on it, but they feel like they need to provide resources just in case, maybe if this is triggering, I guess. And it's a little confusing on like what that, who that, who's that's coming from. Cause almost, it doesn't feel like Martin Freeman's character from the trailer. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's going to be an interesting film. Yeah. Could be uh could be controversial one too. So. Oh, for sure. Now it's time for our so-called experts to make their picks. Should you stay at home, see it with a date, die happy never seeing it, and for the final selections, which movies would you go see in theaters? Well, that brings us to the end of January's films pretty quickly this time. I mean, just not that much going on in January, unfortunately. But, I mean, we, I think there's a couple um, that uh, that did dwell. But we're, what we're going to start with first, let's, let's get into our picks. First up, we've got our box office picks of the month. Tim, who do you think is going to be the box office uh, king of January? 
I'm going to will it into existence for a fellow Tampa guy, Bryce McGuire. And I'm going to say Night Swim. I think it's the best looking film that's going to come out this month. Uh, I think horror is a genre that consistently does pretty well in the box office. Um, and I think especially where it's the only movie coming out on January 5th, uh, I'm really hopeful that this is going to be a movie that makes a big splash. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I have Night's um, Night Swim on my uh, box office pick of the month as well. Um, like I was saying earlier, I think that uh, historically you see even horror films that don't do well uh, with uh, ratings still do well at the box office. Um, horror films feel like they've had a big renaissance this year. And I think that continues or sorry, 2023. Um, I think that continues into 2024. Um, but I also have box on my pick of the month. I think Mean Girls has a potential mm. just for the yep. name alone to to do pretty well, especially with with the it. actors and just, you know, I, I think this with especially with there not being much else in January, I could see it being one that does uh, maybe not. It doesn't run away with it, but it does. It does decently. Yeah. Box office bomb. Uh, let's go with beekeeper. Yeah. I don't yeah. think, uh, maybe I'm the only one, but I feel like it's quite possible that America is getting a little tired of big name action stars making the same action movie that they always make. So, I mean, we just had John Cena come out with one a couple months ago. Yeah. Here's another Jason Statham one. Um, just really don't see how that necessarily gets people in the theater. Yeah. And honestly, if I, if I was to say what I would rather see Jason Statham in, I'd rather see him fight another shark. Yeah. Cause I had oh, yeah. him also as a, another uh, beekeeper as the box office bomb. I just don't, I think that one's going to come and it's going to go and no one will ever remember that thing was made until it ends up in a streamer recommendation that you never asked for. Yeah. All right. Uh, ones that you should see at home. All right, Tim. What do you think? I think this movie to me feels like a streamer movie. Um, kind of surprised that it didn't go straight to streaming, that it's going to get a theatrical release, which, I mean, as a movie theater fan, I'm excited for. Um, I'm going to go with Miller's Girl. Um, you know, I I think just it's the kind of movie that you could, nine o'clock rolls around, you're scrolling through Netflix, like, what do you want to watch? Ah, you know what? This one sounded interesting. Um, I'm going I'm to go with Miller's Girl. I think it's worth a watch. Um if you want to see in the theater, great. I probably will. Um, but I think that's that's a good, solid pick for a home streamer. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, I would say, um, well, actually, I don't I don't agree. Actually, now looking at my thing, we just had similar uh, letters. I put that in a different category. Mean Girls is one that I would say see at home. Um, I mean, it's like not doing anything different. It's not doing anything new. There's no really reason to go see it in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, I will have to go see it in the theaters, unfortunately. Um, so that is that I also have it in another category. We'll talk about later. See it at home. Also, I have the book of clearance. Um, it seems interesting, but I don't know that necessarily I need to see that film in theaters. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. That's kind of it for see it at home. Uh, what about taking a significant other or a date to Tim? So I'm actually going to go with the book of clearance. 
Uh, I feel like okay. that could be that could be a fun ride and a safe kind of in between movie. So, like my wife and I, we don't necessarily have the same taste in movies. We have similar tastes, but sometimes we kind of differ, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to movie theater movies or the kind of movies that we want to go see. For me, I feel like the Book of Clarence is a nice middle of the road kind of movie. Like I'm expecting where Jay Z is producing this, that the music's going to be uh the music's gonna be good the performances are gonna be great um it's I, it feels like a safe date night pick for me yeah i like that um i wouldn't pick it but that, that does make sense um my pick for taking significant significant other to like spice it up a little bit go to miller's mm-hmm. girl Add a little, that is little a spicy in- pick. Yeah, a little intrigue into it. It's, it gives you both something to talk about um, at the end of the date. Yeah. Um, makes you, you know, potentially look a little bit better, potentially, because um, you weren't. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, so I think I, that could be a fun one to go see. That uh, add a little bit of a, a little bit of spice to that date. So, uh, if you died right now, Tim, what would you be happy? that you didn't have to see in January? (laughs) Um, There's a lot of films in my life that I could die without seeing, which brings me to you, John. Uh, Uh, Which brings me to you would be my pick for movies I could die happy never seeing it. Um, Like I said, I mean, for those people who love rom-coms, for the Book Talk fans, I see you. I recognize you. You are important. You are seen. Uh, But this personally has... Nothing that interests me to make me want to see it ever. Like if this is ever on a streaming platform, if it's the only movie on Netflix, I will probably just read a book. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I um, didn't have that one on my list. I don't really have that one on my list anywhere because I don't I don't really know if that fits into any categories I really care about. Like if I saw it someday, like fine, but I don't it, it, I'm kind of indifferent towards it. Uh, I could die. Never ha- uh, happy. Never having to see Mean Girls. The movie made about a musical that was made about a movie. Which apparently was made about a book. I think yeah, I saw it somewhere. So, yeah, exactly. So I don't need to see that again, especially since it's a repeat of the story, but it's just the musical version of it. I, I Yeah, I don't really need to see it. I, I could die happy never seeing it. Unfortunately, I will not die happy because I will have to see it. So yeah. just take that back with you. All right, ones that we should definitely see in theaters that you should. If you got 10 bucks, 15 bucks, if you want to go see an IMAX, maybe 30 bucks. I don't know what the the going rate of an IMAX film is in your location. But uh, Tim, what should people go see in theaters this month? I'm going to go with Night Swim would be my first pick. Yeah, Bryce McGuire. I think he's a promising young filmmaker um, and a lot of opportunity ahead of him. Uh, When you go see movies in theaters, you are supporting those filmmakers and supporting their future and getting more films made. Uh, So definitely go see this one. Go see it early when it comes out uh, so that it gets a longer theater run. Uh, So Night Swim, Night Swim, Night Swim. Go see it. Uh, I'm also going to go with ISS feels like a good theater movie. I know I've got some qualms with it, but visually and sound wise, I have high expectations for a theater experience for that one. Um, but I'm also going to go with the book of Clarence. Um, I am down with ideas like this. This is original. It's fun. It's fresh. Um, there's a lot of actors in here that I want to support. Um, and also frankly, 
there's a lot of movies coming out this month that are very white. Um, and the Book of Clarence has a lot of diversity to this selection. Um, and I'm very much in favor of having more diversity in films and in filmmakers. And uh, definitely want to be a part of supporting that with my ticket. Sweet. And uh, I agree. Um, diversity in films is Excellent. And that's why I'm picking Night Swim for adding some diversity to uh, um, adding the the dead back into um, films. There is so, also that. So that is <laughs> my <laughs> theater's pick uh, is Night Swim. And uh, I just think if you're going to go see a horror film, especially one like this, go see it in theaters. It's so yeah. much more fun than watching it at home. Um, and um, ISS, uh, yes, to ISS in theaters. It is a movie that I am not sure... I would be as um, interested in if it was going straight to streamers, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, So fascinated to see it. Um, Those would be the really the only ones I would say visually and Mm -hmm. um, theatrically would be interesting to go see. I can understand some arguments for Mean Girls um, for people who enjoy it and want to see it and kind of enjoy and sing along or to whatever. But really, those are the ones I would pick for this month. Pretty short, uh, which is nice because we had a two-hour long podcast last week, and that was, I mean, last month, and that was, man, that was interesting. Yeah, well, let us know in the comments, guys, which uh, movies you're going to go see this month if you're interested in even seeing any of them. It's pretty, uh, pretty sad month, to be honest, but uh, give us, you know, a shout-out in the rankings. Let us know what you think about the podcast, and uh, we will see you next month for hopefully a better schedule. Till next time. <laughs>